You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, what we're going to be starting with tonight for the foreseeable future, hopefully it could be three days. We're going to hopefully learn a piece of Zohar or there'll be a recording of a piece of Zohar for as long as as Eretz Yisrael and the defense forces of Eretz Yisrael are in battle. And as long as Klai Yisrael is under existential threat, not that we're not always under existential threat, but there are times where it's more uh, abundantly clear. And the reason that um, I wanted to try and learn the Zohar Kadosh is because the Zohar Kadosh, like other Svarim, it provides information. Like other Svarim, it provides content. It contains entryways into Panimiya Satora, into Chitzanya Satora. The Zohar Kadosh we've spoken about in a previous series on the Zohar that the Zohar is a is a beautiful is a beautiful masterpiece that addresses every part of the self. But tonight we're going to focus on a different element of the Zohar, which is that the Zohar Kadosh is a place of safety. The Zohar Kadosh is an ir miklat. It's a place where a person runs to when they're being chased by something. It's compared by the Zohar Kadosh itself in the self-awareness as the Teva of Noah, which is the place that a person goes when there's a mabul in the world, specifically the bilbul that comes about with a mabul, where there's overwhelming experiences that... Aside from the difficulty of dealing with experiences, there's the double difficulty of dealing with the bilbulim that come along with the experiences, which are very often, as Rabbi Nachman would say, when it comes to the observer of an issue, a far greater issue than the knowledge that something took place is the bilbulim and the doubts that we experience as a result of knowing what has taken place. Now, with regards to the Kedoshim and to the Tehoyim, who are Moisra Nafshim HaKadusha Sashem, at every moment for Binyan Kal Yisrael, for Binyan Hagaula, that's a different story. We can't speak about Kedoshim. We don't really have a Shaykhist to their, to their space. That's a little bit higher than we can possibly ever grasp. But for ourselves as observers, what we need to ensure is that we don't get too caught up in the mabul, both in the mabul of information as well as the mabul of bilbulim, of being caught up and not knowing what is what and ultimately making conclusions about what is what without really having information. And ultimately, the simple truth of what is what is we come to a place, God forbid, of considering the fact that maybe God is not in control. And God forbid, may Daisa, we have to fight against every ounce of any thought that enters into our mind that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not as fully in control of the Velt as he was a moment before we heard about the, the terrible news. The book of the Zohar is a tevas noach that a person goes into, enters into, in order to be saved from the raging waters that are going on on the outside. And the Ramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Litzato, who was also a tzaddik, who believed as much in Geula as he did in the Torah. He believed as much in Mashiach as he did in the Rabbi Shleilam, which means to say that a fundamental principle at the heart of our faith is the belief that Mashiach Tzidkenu will come, he will come when he is supposed to come, obviously, 
But there are certain times, there's a certain hisoyerus in the Velt, as all the tzaddikim talk about, that give us the ability to tap into a mindset of Mashiach. It doesn't mean that Mashiach has to come. We have no idea when Mashiach is going to come. He's going to come behesach hadas. That means that it goes above and beyond any human rationalization. But suffice it to say, there is a zman that's mesugul to be metzapel ragle Mashiach. And when a mabul comes into the world, when there's a mabul of something that causes bilbul, that is a time specifically where a person can start to daven for Mashiach, because as Rav Tzaddik HaKohen dreamt when he was in Ishbitz, and he took this dream very seriously, and he allowed it to become part and parcel of his model, was that the Mabul was really supposed to be Matan Torah, but because the world wasn't rotly to receive the Torah at that time, because the Torah is compared to Mayim, instead there was an inundation of Mayim that drowned the entire world. And therefore, when there is a Hisoyerus of Tshuva, of Achdus, of Tefillah, of helplessness, of all of the different things that we feel so intensely in our own most minds and hearts right now, what we have to try and do is reorient ourselves towards the Hisoyerus of Geula and the Eis Hazmir, Shehigila Artsenu, and the awaken, the awakened nature of desiring redemption immediately now. Furthermore, what the Ramchal points out, and this is fundamentally significant, I believe, to any therapeutic dive into the Zohar Kadosh, being on a teva does not get rid of the waters that are raging on the outside. A teva is there to protect the person from the waters, but it doesn't negate the waters. There are certain medicines that give a person the sense that I can get rid of the raging waters. I can ignore what I've seen. I can go back to sleep and I can ignore the reality of what's taking place. But we know that the repressed will return. It's over and over and over. And that infantile attempt to retreat into a place where nothing is wrong is no longer something we try and do. We live with what is wrong, yet we find comfort within the very fabric and texture of what is wrong. The, the teva, is a place where a Jewish individual can find hope and find comfort and find calmness in spite of the fact that there are raging waters outside. Adarabah, the raging waters and the intensity and the fear and the lack of control and the tragedy and the suffering and the unfathomable pain that each and every person might be going through in their own minds, all of that serves to throw us even more intensely and more ferociously into the teva. So when it comes to learning the Zohar HaKadosh, in accordance with the anxiety that a person feels, in accordance with the difficulty that we feel, so too will our connectivity to the Zohar HaKadosh become, because the Zohar HaKadosh is not a book. It is a world, it is a territory that exists within the self, that when I read the words of the Zohar, this place of the Zohar HaKadosh within me is awoken. And when I read the words of Rabbi Shimon, the part of Rabbi Shimon within me is awoken. And when I hear Rabbi Lazar of Abba or of Yoisi, all of those Sadiqim and Tanayim exist within me. That's what it means when we say that with this book, a person will merit the drawing down of redemption from a position of compassion. Now, we can look at this statement in one of two ways. When there's an ace tzara and a difficulty, I'm going to learn the Zohar HaKadosh because I know that the Zohar has the ability to awaken mercy and compassion, theoretically looking at the Zohar as a tool that by learning the words of the Zohar, then I'm going to awaken Rachamim. But while that's true, we have to enter it to it with a moichin of Rabbi Nachman, which is that it's not a cause and effect. It's not that by learning the Zohar HaKadosh, I'm going to bring Rachamim into my life and I'm going to be mamtik the dinim in my own experience and I'm going to bring about the change that I want to see in myself as well as in the world. Learning the Zohar itself is the rectification. Baha'i Safri Afkin Megalusa, the study of the words of the Zohar itself, with understanding or without understanding, the cantillation notes, the trup, the musicality of it, losing oneself in the meandering interpretations of wandering rabbis who wandered the north 
northern territory of Eretz Yisrael is an awakening to Geula itself. So every word of Zohar HaKadosh that we speak is going to be a Geula Sanefesh itself. But that's not enough for right now. And while this is certainly out of character for myself in terms of my own relationship to myself, I don't want to take any comfort in the words of the Zohar HaKadosh right now. I don't want to find Sipo Kanefesh and learning the words of the Zohar. I want to feel the anxiety that I'm feeling. I want to feel as displaced that I'm feeling. I want every word of Zohar HaKadosh that is heard or understood or spoken of or contemplated in any Hisoyrus of Ahava and Yira that a person has in the face of the Zohar HaKadosh. Every ounce of Hisoyrus, every ounce of Chizuk and Emunah and Bitachon and Rafua and Yeshua should be directed directly to the place that the Rabbanish Shlilam needs it to go. And every word that is spoken, both the meandering tangents that will go on, as well as the focused utilization of the words themselves, everything should go to that place that the Rabbani Shlilam needs these words to go, and he should understand that the speaking of the words and the listening of the words are a direct tefillah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bring about that there should be a sipok and a hefsek to any element of discomfort or tsar or anything that a person, any yid might be going through, and that no yid should feel any other ounce of pain that they They've already felt and that Mashiach Tzidkenu should arrive. And we should believe in Mashiach Tzidkenu arriving. We should know that Mashiach Tzidkenu doesn't only arrive when he arrives. He arrives at any moment that we let him in. And so Ezra Sashem, with that intention, we're going to go into the words of the Zohar HaKadosh. Now, the Hakdama HaSefer HaZoyar, and again, we're skipping all that we can say if anybody's interested more in what the Zohar is. So there were previous shirim about the nature of the Zohar. Right now, we're just going to go directly into the words and to try and elicit a certain redemptive perspective that might help us for the next five minutes or so through the words of the Zohar. Rabbi Chizkiah Pasach. Rabbi Chizkiah opens up. Pasach says, Kishoshana ben hachoichim. Kishoshana ben hachoichim, like a rose amongst the thorns. Man Shoshana, who is the rose? Dog Knesset Yisrael. This rose that exists amongst the thorns, this is Knesset Yisrael. So the domestic Eliezer, the son of the commander Rebbe, asks, why is it Rabbi Chizkiyah that opens up the Zohar HaKadosh? Like we said, the Zohar HaKadosh is a weapon that a person runs to in a moment of difficulty. And if you look at the word Chizkiyah, you find the words Chazak Yud that there's a Chizak that a person is lurking for. If I'm looking for Chizak from Rashbi, Mi Shemamin Berabi Shimon Bar Yochai Yeshle Chizak Berabi Shimon Bar Yochai. Someone who has a belief in Rabbi Shimon finds strength in Rabbi Shimon. The entire Indian of Rabbi Shimon is to give strength. If it was only me and my son, says Rabbi Shimon, we would be enough to be we would have the ability to remove all severity from the world. Rabbi Shimon is a Gantz Inyan of Hamtakas Adinim. Rashbi, Besari, the ability to elevate from within ourselves the light that is concealed within us and in any situation, that's the light of Rabbi Shimon Vayochai, that's the light of Meron. And so we see that the entire Sefer Azar is a book of Chizuk. It's to be Machazik Yidin in Gullus. It's to be Machazik Yidin when they find themselves Adarab in a stronger form of Gullus, which is when Gullus invades Geula. Chavalim naflu imim, difficulty and struggle have fallen and befallen me in a place of redemption itself into Eretz Yisrael. So we're in need of chizuk. The entire world is in need of chizuk. The, the amudim of the oilim are mitmotet. They're stuttering right now. And the world needs chizuk. So therefore, the Zayar Kaddish opens up with Rabbi Chizkiah. But it's not only chizuk, but it's a chizkiah. It's a chizuk that comes from Yudkei. 
Zopta Domestic Eliezer, what is this chizak? It's a chizak that comes from beyond my emotions. It's a chizak that comes from the place of chachma and bina in my mind. Yud and ke, chachma and bina, chizki ya, chazik ya. The ya gives birth to the chizak that I find. And where is that chizak going to come from? If I look at the world in accordance with my emotional feelings, when there's a bilbul, when there's a mabul in the oilam, so I'm already lost. In this situation, it's very difficult, but sometimes it's most important to operate like a Lubavitcher chassid, to have the mindset of mayach shalit al-halev, that the mind at this point has to have more control over the emotions. Because in accordance with our emotions, we're numb and we're in bed all day. If I'm operating in accordance with my emotions today, I'm in bed all day, ignoring all five of my children, ignoring my spouse, ignoring responsibility in a state of anxiety and terror. But a person has to enter into that place of chizuk hamoichin, where the moichin themselves give me chizuk, where I can think myself out of the twisted nature of my emotions and to develop a certain form of chizuk. That's Rabbi Chizkiya. The chizuk comes from Yudkei. Kishoshana ben hachoikim opens up with a pasuk from Shir Hashirim because the entire book of the Zohar Kaddish is a book of love. It's a book of love specifically in a place where love appears to have died like a rose amongst the thorns. Already, the first statement in the introduction to the entire Zohar is the paradox of beauty that is found within that which is ugly and light that is found within darkness, that which is sweet that is concealed and cornered and circled by that which is sharp and harsh. Who is this rose? Who is this rose that is surrounded by thorns? Da Knesset Yisrael. This is Knesset Yisrael. This is the body of Israel. This is the people of Israel. And when we talk about the people of Israel, we talk about every single individual who has a Shem Yisrael Nikra Lehem. Irrespective of any element of connectivity to God or to Torah or to Mitzvah, it makes absolutely no difference. From a perspective of Yichud, a person who is a Yid is a Yid as much as the biggest Tzadik Hador. And the tzaddik hador is as mukusher to every yid in the velt as they are to their tamidei hamufakim. And so at this point, we're talking in the Zohar Kaddish, not talking about individuals, not talking about those who are worthy of understanding secrets. We're talking about Knesset Yisrael and Gansin, every aspect of Knesset Yisrael. They are the rose that are surrounded by the thorns. Begin the is shayshana is shayshana. Because the Zohar Kaddish says, because there is a rose and there is a rose. Now this statement is a statement that's going to be repeated throughout the Zohar, not only with the object of a rose, but with any object. Is simcha is simcha, is is There's crying and there's crying. There's happiness and there's happiness. Because what the Zohar Kaddish is operating on and what the Zohar Kaddish is trying to reveal to us, ultimately what I'm sorry, it's just a uh it's just a um a red alert. Okay. The Ezra Sashem. What the Zohar Kadosh is trying to awaken us to, what the Zohar Kadosh is trying to awaken us to is that is shayshana is shayshana. There is a rose and there is a rose, meaning I can look at a rose and I can say it's a rose, but I can also look at a rose and realize that there is more than this rose that appears in front of me right now. There's a depth to it. There's a surface that calls out and says, look inside, penetrate deeply into that which rests on the surface, because otherwise we're dead. If we look only at the shayshana, if we look only at the rose as it appears in this worldly existence, we're done. Because when we look at the world as it is, it's ugly, it's destructive, it's terrifying, it's scary, it's miserable, it's unfathomable. But it's only with the perspective that is shayshana, is shayshana. There is a rose and then there is a rose. There is two ways of looking. There is, And it's not ignoring the first rose only for the second rose. It's not ignoring the outside and looking for the inside immediately. It's the acknowledgement that is shayshana, 
there's an external rose. I look at the world and I see what's what. And I'm overwhelmed or I'm overjoyed or I'm whatever I am. And then in that moment, I recognize that is Shashana. There's another way of looking. There's another way of looking at this situation. Ma Shashana. When we look at the first type of rose, which is the physical rose, in order to understand the comparison to Klal Yisrael as a rose, when we look at a rose in actuality, and again, the Zohar Kodesh is a book of looking at roses. It's a book of walking in the mountains of Eretz Yisrael. It's a book of the south and the north and the west and the east of looking around at the beauty. And just as a rose is surrounded by thorns, it has two colors, it has a redness and has a whiteness to it. It has a soymek and it has a chiver. Soymek, which is oriented with gavuro, with severity, with blood, with death, with destruction. And chiver, which is associated with whiteness and purity and clarity and calmness. Just as the rose is surrounded by the thorns and it contains these two colors. Oif kenesis Yisrael is by din verachme. So too, when it comes to Klal Yisrael, they also are oriented toward these two perspectives of Din and Rachamim. There are times when we look at the world through a perspective of Rachamim, where we can see abundantly clearly how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is manhig the velt, almost like what the first six days of Sukkot felt like in Eretz Yisrael this year. And then there's a day of Din where a person orients themselves towards the world as a Yid from the lens of severity, of constriction, of tzimtzum, of the fact that that yes, if you want to understand me, says the Rabbani Shalaylam, then first and foremost, you have to understand that yes, it is true. In fact, I am a God that conceals himself. There's din and rachamim. What is it with regards to the rose that has its 13 petals? Just as the rose is surrounded by 13 petals, so to Klai Yisrael, which is compared to the rose, is surrounded by the 13 midas of Rachamim. We're surrounded by the midas of Rachamim on every level. Just as Knesset Yisrael are protected by the 13 Midas Arachamim, by that awareness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has, that in accordance with our deservedness of anything from him, we're undeserving. And therefore, Rachamim opens up the opportunity for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to look at us through a lens of even though we're not deserving, he's going to love us the way he truly loves us, which is to give us Rachamim Rabin. And the prerequisite for Rachamim Rabin is the orientation towards the fact that it's a Mas Naschinam. It's not deserved. It's a gift that comes from the Rabbanish Shlalem because he's decided to unlevel and unreveal or reveal this light of Rachamim and Chesed. So too, the first word of Eloikim in the entirety of the Torah, and the Gra has a big asik of this in his parish on Safradit's Niusa, it's only mentioned after 13 words. Eloikim appears for the first time after 13 words are said in the Torah to imply that there has to be these 13 levels of protection prior to the emergence of Eloikim. Eloikim represents Din. What it means is that when a Kaddish Baruch Hu unleashes din in the world, unleashes din upon Klai Yisrael, it's not without the preparation necessary in order to protect ourselves. It's not without the Rachamim Rabim that are there at the beginning, at the end, to ensure that any difficulty and any din that Klai Yisrael goes to is ultimately going to be subsumed and transformed by the Rachamim Rabim that precede it and the Rachamim Rabim G'doylem She'akab 
the Racham of Mashiach that are going to follow it. Amai idcher zimna achra. And only afterwards, only afterwards do we see that the Shema Eloikim, we're going to see more din. Why is it mentioned again? La'afka chamesh ilin takifin de tzachra neshoishana v'inin chamesh ikran yeshuas v'inin chamesh taran. Lazar Kadr says, after the Shem Eloikim is mentioned the first time, there's five more words until the Shem Eloikim is mentioned the second time. So if we see the Shem Eloikim the first time, why is there a need for the Shem Eloikim to emerge the second time? And so here it's these five words that the Zohar Kadosh is going to be focusing on. There are five leaves to the rose. And these five leaves of the rose represent the five strong leaves that protect the Shoshana, which are referred to as the five levels of Yeshua. They're associated with the five levels of redemption, which are in truth the five gates, which when you multiply five by ten, because everything is contained with ten, you find the 50 sha'arim, which are the 50 sha'arim of Bina. Because Gevura, as we're going to see, severity in these five leaves, which are the five Gevuros that we encounter in the world, they're ultimately the opening for us to find the tunnels and the pathways that we need to the Rabbi Shlalem. Because without Gevura, without severity, without the recognition of differentiation and separation, so then we have no access to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what are these five leaves that rest upon the 13 petals of the rose? So they're referred to in the Zayar HaKadosh as the Oisiois Manspach. Mem Soifis, Nun Soifis, Tzadi Soifis, Pei Soifis, and Chav Soifis. Mansapach are associated with the Chamisha Gevuros. Anytime a person is in the world, any moment that a person is conscious, there are five Chasadim and five Gevuros. There is a way of looking with my five senses at the situation through the lens of my Chasadim, seeing the world as good and beautiful. And there are five senses that can be seen through the lens of the Chamisha Gevuros, which are always operating in unison because das, knowledge, contains the combination of chasadim and gvuros at once. You don't have one without the other. But there are times where the chamisha gvuros are misgala, and those chamisha gvuros are referred to as mansapach. Mansapach, the letters that are sofit, the last letter that ends a word, obviously they have the same movement and motivation as what Gevura does. Gevura ends something. Gevura says, Ad kan tavo. it's a limit that is set. It is a border that is set that is meant to be guarded. And that border, that mania, that preventive point towards which my mind can contemplate and what my feelings are allowed to feel, I need to mind those barriers because if I don't mind those barriers and if I don't mind those boundaries at which the self can extend itself, I am going to lose myself. Which is why Mansapach, Tsoifim Amru, as Maseches Megillah says, who created Mansapach? It was the Tsoifim, it was those visionaries, those Nevi'im, who had the capacity of understanding that it's the end of things that allow for there to be a Hisairus at the end of a doubled vision that allows me to see light at the end of all things, that allows me to see goodness at the heart of all things, that allows me to see redemption at the heart of all things. This is why in Tanadabe Eliyahu, as well as in Pirkei Rabbi Lazar, we see that all five letters Sophis, the Men, the Nun, the Tzadi, the Pei, and the Chaf, are all associated with a different form of Gula. The Tzadi HaSoifis, the Tz, which is associated with Tzadik, is the one that is reserved for the final redemption, because that's the one that looks most like a weapon. That's the one that represents the ability of the Tzadik to break down all of the difficulty and to reveal all of the light that's necessary. Knesset Yisrael, as harsh as those Chaychem are, as difficult as those 13 words are that lead up
up to Elohim. Nevertheless, there's that Hamisha Gvuros, which allow me to be Mamtik Dinim Bisharasham. Because the Zora Kadosh is saying that these five Gvuros, these Mansapach, this end of something, is also referred to as the Yeshua, as we're going to see. How could you say that severity is Yeshua? How can you say that the end of something is the Yeshua? Because it's Bedafka, that it's specifically the Ramchal says it's in the place of difficulty to Klai Yisrael that the redemption is going to come from. The entire Tachlis of the Ramchal's Torah is even Gala one Indian. It's that the difficulty is pre, is in accordance with the level of the redemption that's going to follow it. Which means that if it's difficult in the beginning, if it's difficult in the middle and it's harsh in the middle, then there's going to be a revelation of redemption and a sweetening of the judgments in a way that is unfathomable to the mind, in a way that no human being can possibly even begin to comprehend how the light will emerge from the darkness. The moment we try and understand in a human way, we lose. It's not about human understanding. It's rooted in Reisha Delois Yada, which is the Sherish of Mashiach, which is the Sherish of Moshe, which is the Sherish of David Melech, the Tzadikim who die, unfortunately, for the world to be Mitkayim of Moshe, Yosef, and David, who die in the time of Rav Adaravan, in the time of Shalashudis, in order to be Megalazine, as the Zohar Kadosh says, to make sure that we fully understand that they did not die in Din, but rather they died Barachamim. So too, any Pegia, any issue that takes place on Azman of Shemini Atzeres, Azman of Or, it's as clear as day that this is not a din in din that's there to destroy, but it's a din that's there to reveal a rachamim rabim that Ezra Hashem is going to be revealed. And it's these chamishik gvuros that are transformed into Yeshuos. How are they transformed into Yeshuos? With the recognition of where they come from. It's not about saying to another person, you're okay because it's all good. It's about saying to ourselves that whatever it is that's going on right now, I need to deal with it. I need to acknowledge it. I need to be present for it. But in the end of the day, in the end of the day, I am not going to allow myself to go to sleep at night without the recognition that there is a Yeshua hidden in the difficulty. The more severe the difficulty, the more intense the Yeshua, which is why these five strong leaves, which are really the mansapach, which are really the revelation of din in the world, are also inun chamesh ikrin yeshuos. They're also referred to as yeshuos, the inun chamesh tarin. This is the nature of the Zohar Kaddish, to take that which appears difficult and to transform it into something that is sweet. The Al-Raza, and with regards to this secret, it's written, kois yeshuos esa, that I will uplift a cup of salvation. Why? Where does the salvation come from? A kos is din. Kos is gematria 86, which is Eloikim. Kos represents the kli that is magvil, the thing that you pour into it. I can pour water, I can pour wine into something, but if there's no vessel there, there's no containment. It's specifically the kos that allows for containment. The kos is gematria Eloikim because it represents containment and boundaries and borders and things that create severity and difficulty in my life. But ultimately, it's this specific kos, it's the restriction and the concealment itself that we encounter, which is going to reveal the issue. Kos Yeshuos Esai. I will take the Kos, which is Eloikim, which is Gevura, and I will reveal the Yeshua that is hidden within the Kos itself. Da Kos Shel Bracha. This is what it means to be a Kos Shel Bracha. This Kos Shel Bracha. Bracha comes out specifically out of the concealed place. Kos Shel Bracha. It's Tarech Lemehavei Al Chamisha Atzbayin, which is the reason that we have to hold our Kos with five fingers, because the five fingers are the Manspach. The five fingers are the thing that orient ourselves to limitation to the fact that I'm holding a Kos. But at the very same point, it's those five fingers that represent the capacity to transform the difficulty into blessing. Kos Shel Bracha. It's Tarech Lemehavei Al Chamisha Atzbayin. A Kos of blessing has to be held with five hands. 
five fingers, below Yasir, and no two hands, only one. The halacha is dedicated to the alignment between the panemius and the chitzonius, and therefore when I hold a kos, which represents my ability to transform severity and emptiness into light, I have to hold it with five fingers, just as the rose is sustained upon these five strong leaves. And what is this shoshana? And again, we see in the Zayar Kadosh, the shoshana is one word, but it means infinite things because everything is infinite. The rose is the kois shabracha. So we saw that there were 13 words prior to the first instantiation of the Shema Eloikim, which represents Din. Then there were five more words in between the first utterance of the Shema Eloikim and the second utterance. The 13 words represented those 13 Midos Arachamim, which are there to prepare us to encounter Din. And the next five words of Eloikim are there to remind us that there is Din. But then, from the second instantiation of Din, until the third instantiation, there are five more words, and five words after that second Eloikim, we find Or, the Isbari Iskanis that was created and it was concealed. Meaning to say that all Gevuros, all severity, all Din, all things that are in need of Chizik are ultimately a stepping stone and a marching forward into the light. It's towards the light. Ah, the light appears to be concealed. Ah, but never think that the concealment of the light denies the reality of the light. When it comes to light, when it comes to Rachman, when it comes to Or, when it comes to Amuna, when it comes to Bitachon, when it comes to Yishavadas, if we look for it explicitly, we're not going to find it. And if we assume that because I don't find it, it doesn't exist, then we're not going to search more. But as we said, the entire motif of the Zohar Kadosh is it's Shoshana, it's Shoshana. There's a rose and there is a rose. Learn to look twice. Learn to have a double take. Because if you have a double take, then where the light appears to be distant and concealed, you'll find that the light is fully revealed. And where was the light hidden? The light was hidden within the bris. The light was hidden within the covenant. The light was hidden within that thing which we charge most. That light is hidden within the secret that each and every person carries with themselves at the foundation of their soul, wherein they encounter their immediate relationship with the Rabbanu It's hidden in Yesoid. Yesoid is Oisios, Yud Soid. The Soid is always hidden in that which is most Mutzna, that which is most concealed, that Kedusha, that Tah that or all of those things that's where the light is concealed that light is revealed and then it's concealed it's hidden and contained within the bris and this bris enters into the rose this bris enters into that place of the rose to create a yichud of kutcherich v'shkinte v'afik v'zara v'da ikre'es oitzepri asher zaroiboy and this connectivity between the mind of das my yisod my ability to hold on to the relationship with the rabbi nishlalem in any given setting that gives me the ability to connect to the shashana which is the secret that there's din and there's chesed said at the very same time, that gives birth to the tree that gives birth to fruits. And that hidden power is hidden within the bris. What the Zayar Kadush is saying, or as I understand the Zayar Kadush in this moment, the Zayar Kadush is saying, something very significant for the moment that there is a Shoshana. We are the Shoshana. And in order to understand the nature of the Shoshana, we have to understand the double nature of a Shoshana. A Shoshana has Yud Gimel Machle It has 13 petals that protect it in Rachamim. 
but the need for protection by way of rachamim is because there's going to be those chamisha gvuras takifin. There are going to be those five forms of intensity. And those five forms of intensity, that difficulty that we encounter in the world is going to lead us to a place where we question the Yud Gimel where what happens on Sukkot can cause a person to question what happened on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, where the din of after Sukkot, of Shemini Atzeres, can cause a person to question the Yud Gimel of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Yemei HaTshuva. But if a person has a proper understanding of what the rose is comprised of, if a person realizes that, wait a second, the rose was never meant to be only Rachamim. The rose was never meant to be only Chasadim. By definition, Knesset Yisrael is forced to undergo the Chamisha Gvurin. By definition, Knesset Yisrael is forced to undergo those five Gvuros. But we have to transform those five Gvuros into Mansapach, where we realize that difficulty and the ending of things and severity and harshness, as it relates to us as observers of the harshness, it's our job to realize that in truth, this is motivation and a revelation towards the Chamisha Yeshuos, Kois Yeshuos. When I elevate that cup, which appears to be severe, I bring it back up to the Rabbi Nishleilam and I say, Rabbi Nishleilam, I am fully aware that all severity comes from you. In that moment, there's Hamtaka Bisharashim. And then I'm Zoycha to the or. Ah, but the or appears to disappear. The or appears to be concealed. But it's only when a person is sensitive to their yesod, it's only when a person is sensitive to the foundation that rests at the core of their connectivity to the Rabbi Nishlelem, of guarding that thing which connects me most intensely, of holding on to that innermost point of significance and immediacy and specificity that yesod orients me to, of essentiality, that I belong to Hashem and Hashem belongs to me and that I can do something for the Rabbani Shlalem that nobody else in history can do and that I can reveal a light that has never been revealed before. It's only when I understand the secret of the light, it's only when I understand the secret that is sown within me in my yesod, in my sod, in my inner secret, only then can I understand the paradox of the Shoshana. That on the one hand, the Shoshana has 13 petals of Rachman. On the other hand, the Shoshana is prepared by the five Midos Hadin. But only when I recognize that Knesset Yisrael is a composite of this Gevura and Rachamim and my ability to tolerate the two of them together, at that point I'll be Zolcha to uncover the eights pre oisa pre the fact that there is a tree in this world that the Adam eats that is there to give birth to growth. But Daraklal, I would end this far earlier than I am right now, but I'm going to go a little bit weiter. Beratius in the beginning, Rabbi Shimon Pasach. Rabbi Shimon opened up his mouth. And Zak the Ramchal, Zak the Tzadikim. When Rabbi Shimon opens up his mouth, Rabbi Shimon opens up the world. So every mouth opening statement in the Zohar Kadosh is an opening of the world to draw down light and Racham and Rabim right here, right now. Pasach, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Pasach. Pasach says, Vahanitzanim Niruba Aretz. And the growths were seen in the land. Hanitzanim, the Uvda de The Nitzanim, that growth orientation that's appearing in the land is the Maiseberatius, Niru Ba'aretz, are seen in the land. Amasai, when are they found in the land? Biyoim Shlishi. On the third day of creation, again, on that day when the vegetation and trees are grown, that's where the growth is going to be found in the land. Ah, it's preceded by Yom Sheni of separation and difficulty and suffering and machlokas, and there's no goodness at all whatsoever. That's the process. There's a suffering that's prior to the growth. The time of pruning is abound. The time of cutting away the negativity is here. This is 
the fourth day of creation, because on the fourth day of creation is built into the very fabric of existence that there are overgrowths and there's overgrowth that needs to be pruned. There's evil in the world. There's the opposite of goodness in the world that needs to be cut away. And that was what was revealed on the fourth day. And that's why the Pasuk, when it says, is spelled mem ayin reish tough instead of mem ayin vav reish tough because ma'aras implies misa me'oyrois is the osios with a vav is or mavets. It's drawing light into death. But as a result of the fact that there's kilkul and there's zameraritzim, there's difficulty that needs to be cut away from this world and gotten rid of and destroyed. So then, therefore, the world is written, the, the light and the luminaries of the world are written mechuser avav. And when does the light of the dove come about when does Kol Hatur, which is a Hisiris to Mashiach, come? This is Thursday. Because the entire nature of the sea, the entire nature of the fish, the entire nature of the Levyasan is light of Mashiach, is light of the Tzadikim. And after the difficult day of Wednesday, we give birth to the pleasant day of Thursday. And again, we have in this second process of the Zohar the very same alignment. First and foremost, the Zohar Kaddish tells us that the rose is beautiful. Just like Tuesday is beautiful, there's growth. Then the Zohar Kaddish tells me that the rose is difficult, just like Wednesday is difficult, where there's concealment. And then after the difficulty comes that hidden light, which is, Yom HaChamishi Dekshiv Yeshritzu HaMayim Lamavet Todos. Nishma, when is it going to be heard? 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 Nishma Da Yom Mashishi. It's on Erev Shabbos in the sixth millennia that that voice is heard, Adam. Human beings are the only ones who are able to hear the Kol Hator. Human beings are the only ones who are capable of listening with their inner ear to what they're seeing and what they're hearing. The reason the human being was created was because there was going to be a time in Matan Torah where we would place precedence over action, the Maisa is the Iker, over understanding, which means that in order to be someone who is Ma'ura, the time of Mashiach, we need to enter immediately into the Ma'ichin of Nasa Vinishma as we see in this land more immediately than anything else. This is a land of Nasa Vinishma. We saw in Yantif people getting into their cars, going off to protect Klayasro, what family they were leaving. It didn't make a difference. It's Nasa Vinishma. That's the secret of Nishma Da Yoimashishi, that an Eretz Yisrael, a person has the capacity of hearing the Kol Hatur. Dechsev, as it's written, Nase Adam. On Yom Shishi, there's the creation of man who's there to hear the call of the Kol Hatur, which is rooted in the fact that they're willing to do before they listen. Dechsev Hasam Nase Venishma Ba'artsenu. And what does it mean in our land? What does it mean that it will be heard? It's heard on Yom Shishi. Hearing it is the Avoid of Mashiach ben Yosef. It's the preparation that we find in the struggles of exile to find comfort. But Ba'artsenu in our land, the redemption in our land, Da Yoim HaShabbos. This is the day of Shabbos. Di'ihu Dugmas Eretz Because Shabbos in time is like Eretz Yisrael in land. Shu'ul which is the world to come. Oilam HaNishamos, the world of the soul. Oilam HaNishamos, the world of comfort. Oilam Haba, Oilam HaNishamos, Oilam HaNishamos, HaNitzanim Ilu Inun Avund Alu B'Machshava. 
these Nitzan and these gross that are going to be found in the land, these are our fathers, Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov, Chesed, Gvur, and Teferis of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachol, that arose in the mind of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they ascended into the fact that the world to come is perpetually present in one's mind at any moment. And it was there that they hid themselves and they revealed themselves within the prophets. It's Yaled Yosef. Yosef Atzadik is born. Yosef Ba'ara, and Yosef is hidden. And then Yosef comes into the land of holiness, and they wait for them. At that point, the light of Yosef Atzadik is going to be revealed within the land and redemption is going to come. The Amasai is chazin, and when are these lights going to see? When are the lights of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, Yosef, and the Nevi'im going to be seen? In the time where there's a keshet, a keshet can be a rainbow, a keshet can be a weapon. And at the moment, that this weapon, this rainbow is revealed, so too Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Yosef, and all of the tzaddikim are going to be revealed. And at that time, and that time of pruning away all of the ugliness and difficulty, and will be revealed. There will be a time to undo all of the destruction in the world and destroy all of those destroyers from the world. Why, is, why are we waiting so long for this? The reason we're able to wait is because we know that these Nitzayim, this Avram Yitzhak Yaakov and Yosef, this Midos of Chesed, Gvurat, Tferes, and Yesoid, this aspect of Tzedakah, this aspect of Shmira, this aspect of Dveikos, and this aspect of giving and Tzedakah, it's going to be revealed. And if they were not seen, there would be no Kiyom to the world. And what is it? What is it that gives birth to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? Here the Zara Kaddish reveals itself most assuredly. What is it that gives birth to these tzaddikim? What is it that reveals their power of Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and Yosef? What is it? It's the voice of the young children who are learning in Torah. It's the voice of the young children who are playing around in the Torah. It's as a result of these innocent youth, these children who are screaming out the sound of the Torah. Whether they have any idea what the Torah is or whether they don't, there's no difference between the neshama of any Yelid Yisrael that is screaming out the Torah, and in order to receive what the Pasuk says in Shirashirim, I will create for you beautifications of gold. These are the children who are These are the young innocent children of Klai Yisrael. Every Nisham and Klai Yisrael is an innocent child of Klai Yisrael. The Kruvim were made out of the Zahav. And as we continue to learn the words of the Zohar Kadosh, we'll do it again tomorrow night as well. I'll send out a time. We will we'll continue to understand exactly what Rav Chizkiah wants from us. What does Rav Chizkiah want from us by opening up the Zohar and throwing us into such a space of contradiction and paradox and a need to encounter light specifically through severity and a need to elevate the dinim back up to their shayrish and the ability to connect to the light of Rav Chizkiah, of Chazek Yah, of finding Chizek in our machshavos when we can't find Chizek and to be Meskala Berachmim. Again, every word that is uttered, any word that is thought about, any hear her tshuva that is thought about is kule Kula going directly to the place that HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs it to go in order to bring an end to the suffering and to bring about Mashiach Tzidkeinu Barachimim Rabim Be'ezrus Hashem. The music is by Zusha.
For more from the Chef of Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.